They're doing a podcast for okay. Lincoln Barbados. This is okay. Michael Archer. Hi. I just... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> so you'll smell that. Uh, oh, well. Right, Ron, so you'll smell this. Yeah, it's <laughs> Yeah. Have you ever dreamed of living on a paradise island? That's exactly what Yvonne Campbell is doing for a whole year. Otherworld Travel presents Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. And what a week it has been. So a number of highs and a number of lows, unfortunately. To begin with, well, it wouldn't be a typical week in Barbados if there wasn't something weather or environment related. We've had the ash cloud, sargassum seaweed and the man of wars. And this week we have the Sahara dust. We've hazy conditions because there's a dense layer of Sahara dust moving right across the Atlantic and the Caribbean right now. It's expected to remain hazy over the next few days. To be honest, I don't mind that much as it gives me a bit of a break from the direct sunlight. For a little bit anyway. Yesterday, things got a lot more challenging though, and unfortunately, I had a small traffic accident. There are lots of roadworks happening right across the island, and the accident involved a small bobcat machine backing into me on one of these construction sites. I wasn't hurt, but I had to deal with the police, the car hire, and the insurance companies. I must say the car hire company were fantastic. Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island. I finally got back to diving this week. I haven't done nearly as much as I would have liked to due to the restrictions and the ash cloud. So this week I went out with High Tides who are also a partner with the Coral Reef Hotel. This week I went diving on the West Coast as opposed to the South Coast which I did in January. It was fantastic visibility, lots of fish and sea life, including more turtles and lionfish. But tune in next week to hear more about that. I'm going to do a whole episode on diving in Barbados. We really don't see sharks over here at all. I've a done, lot of people like that though. Yeah, <laughs> no, I've, I've done over 500 dives comfortably. I've never ever seen a shark. Right. So if I do see one today, <laughs> I'll be holding you responsible. <laughs> Life in Barbados. Myself and a few friends, Rajiv, Shai and Liz, headed to St. Nicholas Abbey. We were privileged to have the current owner, Anna Warren, show us around and her son, Simon, do some rum tasting with us. Oh my God, he's getting the good stuff out. The 400 acre estate is made up of 225 acres of sugarcane fields, a great house, a distillery and a train ride attraction to Cherry Tree Hill, which is one of the most beautiful viewing points in the whole of Barbados, overlooking the Atlantic Ocean on the East Coast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cherry Tree Hill. You're now 750 feet above sea level. And just as a reminder, I'm asking for the five volunteers to help push the train the engine around, excuse me, on the current table. You can gather at the locomotive end of the platform. So this estate has been owned by a whole range of families over the years, so five families in particular. One of the things I didn't know until I went to visit was that it was never an abbey. So it isn't an abbey now and it was never an abbey in the past. It is believed that a couple, so Sarah Cumberbatch, who had married Charles Cave and stood to inherit the family estate, they gave the plantation its present day name. 
they combined the existing names of Nicholas Plantation, St. Nicholas Parish, where the Cumberbatch family lived in England, and Bath Abbey, where the couple got married, to create the name St. Nicholas Abbey. The steam train is a new addition over the past few years. Passengers get to see some of the estate on the ride and learn about some of the history of the railways here on the island, even though this one was not part of the original railway. Five strapping passengers also got to help turn the train around at the end of the line to head back in the same direction we came from. I'm going to record you seeing it. <laughs> I don't get involved in the picture of it. <laughs> I'll stand and watch. <laughs> it's a great activity for kids. Not many rum distilleries on the island do their own sugarcane grinding, but they do here at St. Nicholas Abbey. Uniquely, St. Nicholas Abbey rum is the only rum produced in Barbados from cane syrup rather than molasses, following the traditional molasses distillation process. And we even got to see it in action. Apparently, it is the older men who still go out in the mornings and cut the sugar cane. I'm not sure the younger generation can hack it. It's quite a unique smell. Yeah. Cane, smelled yeah. it as strongly as this before. Well, you'll also smell when you go down. So highly filter the juice. The distillery is small but perfectly formed. It's a pot still distillery. Different casts are used in distilling to give different tastes. But here at St. Nicholas Abbey, they only use ex-bourbon casks. Yeah. The bourbon people only use them once. Right, so okay. They, there's a market in. Some people use sherry and, you know, they're always like yeah. experimenting port and different things. But we're quite happy with where we are. And um, a lot of, of distilleries do single cast rum. Right. So, so you're quite um, unique. Well, we it's very old-fashioned not to blend rum. So we felt that we would, that would be our need. Bottling takes place in a small intimate room. It's great to see how the bottles are filled from the casks, the corking of the bottles, and then finally decorated before they are sent off to be sold. St. Nicholas Abbey uses elegant glass decanters individually etched with an image of the Abbey's great house. The decanter is sealed with a mahogany capped cork topped with hand embossed leather, a symbolic of the island's first mahogany trees, which were planted on Cherry Tree Hill over 250 years ago. The label is applied by hand and each decanter is engraved with both a number and a date. It's a gorgeous bottle that you can also have bespoke engraving for presents, special occasions, corporate gifts and so on. One of the quirkiest things I saw at St. Nicholas Abbey was an outhouse. There was a doorway with a large bench and four toilet seats cut out. Yeah, if you take a look behind you, this is what they would have used to go to the bathroom before. So these are the outhouses. Right. On the left side, that is the bathhouse. It is outfitted with four different sized tin tubs. Essentially, you'd be sitting side by side doing your business. So if you wanted to go to the bathroom, go in and sit beside somebody else. Yeah. Another, you and three friends. You can talk, you know, if you had a busy day at work and you're tired, <laughs> you do number two and then you, you also relieve your chest. You understand? <laughs> but it's, it's ranging in different sizes, so you have to know your size. So. So you don't fall in. That's amazing. But there were no buckets. That hole went straight into the ground. Right. So imagine if the door was open and someone was walking by. Yeah, bit of a waft. Yeah. Oh yeah, so yeah. you just close the door. <laughs> All I can think about is the long drops at music festivals like Glastonbury's. So similar, but without the partitions. The Great House is a 300-year-old Jacobean-style mansion. 
It's got a drawing room, dining room, study hall and seven bedrooms, although the bedrooms are not currently occupied. The tour guide pointed out to us that there are two fireplaces in the place. Then we have the lazy boy, which is in the study. Now imagine you got tired. Yeah. Very tired from getting up all the time, you know? Wow. Um, he would take the footrest, press his button and this... Oh, goes back as well. Wow. This really is a lazy boy. So this is possibly the original and ultimate lazy boy. It's quite a decadent chair. So the Burlington Gentleman's Chair was manufactured in 1935 and defined modern relaxation of the time. So it was described in advertisements as the ideal easy chair and it could be transformed into a semi or full length couch with a few pushes of a button. They had adjustable tables, a book holder, reading lamp, backrest and a footrest and was a common spot for some napping. The chair could also easily be wheeled into another room for the duration of the nap or even to the toilet. At the bottom of the chair there are wheels. So if you ever want to go to the restroom, just Oh my gosh. All you have to do is push them close enough to the door. That is an act, that's the laziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that deserves to be called the lazy boy. That's the ultimate lazy boy. So have a look at my show notes for a photograph of that. Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island. Barbados is widely credited as the birthplace of rum. So Simon of the Warren family, who currently own the estate, facilitated some rum tasting for us. Someone said to me that he is probably one of the most prominent experts on the island who doesn't drink rum. We tried the 5, 8 and 15 year old rums. They also have a 22 year old rum, but we didn't get a chance to taste it there. But we did later on at a rum shop and I would say it is definitely worth a try. We also tried a range of flavoured liqueurs, which I think limoncello was my favourite. That's pretty impressive because it tastes very much like the, the Italian limoncello. Just better. Make sure you try out some of the rum tasting with Simon and ask him what is the deal with the whispering kiss. What happens after you drink this? There'll be the, the whispering kisses that will be happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whispering is kissing. He knows. Does it find out? That's a little secret he'll let you into if you go and visit. Life in Barbados. A year on a paradise island. Hey, train driver, what's your official name? Train driver. How long have you been a train driver for? 2018. Oh, nice, a relative in you. Yeah, well, this only started. I never in my life did I grow up thinking, oh, I'm going to drive a train. That's, you know, like a little child. Yes. That's something you dream of, but yes. I guess it just happened. Right. Anyway, this brings me to the end of my story. What happened to this fantastic little railway? Well, in 1937, the government of Barbados and all of its infinite wisdom decided that we would no longer have trains on this island. Instead, we would have roads and cars. Okay, anytime. One more. <laughs> Lectures in Derby in England actually had originally put it in and um, they were still operational and they worked with our engineers and got it um, working. So this works generally 
um, six months of the year. We start our crop in January and we go through to about the middle of June. Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island. And that is it for today's episode. Make sure you head on over to life-in-barbados.com and you will be able to find details of how to follow my podcast so you don't miss an episode. Leave a review and access my show notes and social media pages to see lots of photographs from the tour. Thanks for listening. Make sure you follow Life in Barbados. A year on a paradise island. Go to life hyphen in hyphen barbados.com forward slash podcast. If you've been enjoying Life in Barbados, you're going to want to check out my other show, The Bucket List. Each episode, I chat with locals, guides, and even some people I met along the way on various dream trips. Experience safari in Tanzania, road trips across the US, and hiking across Australia's national parks, just to mention a few of the episodes. Go to otherworldtravel.com forward slash podcast. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.